0: Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpie's Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Cara Thistlevoix. Hello. And a bit of a quiet weekend in football, really, wasn't oh, it? No, Not-
1: nothing's happened. No news. <laughs> oh, much Another happened. boring game, you know, no, no multiple goals, never was there five in a Newcastle game. You heard that right. Five.
0: I mean, <laughs> I said it last week and I'll say it again. Newcastle won a game.
1: I know, I know. Well, I mean, to say they did their best to throw it away would be an understatement. I do know for that final half, most of the time you weren't looking. But then again, I think to say that West Ham threw, you know, gave you soft goals, which which they did, but I also think that's unfair against Newcastle. I did think they played well, apart from that chance in the second half where Almoron... Probably should have put it away first time. Willick's header was a great header. So in the end of the day, you got the three points, which is which is all you want, and Newcastle yet again, as we say, played well.
0: Yeah, I mean that first half West Ham did gift us both of those goals, there's no getting around that. The comic loan goal from Mr. Diop and then
1: I mean that was I wasn't even sure that was a goal. Do you know what I mean? When it was one of those things when it's like, did that just happen?
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then...
1: (laughs) It was a FIFA goal, wasn't it? It was FIFA 2021.
0: Yeah, it was actually. When it
1: hits the post like five times and seems to defy the laws of physics.
0: Just sort of ricocheting around and then trickling over the line. (laughs) And then obviously Lucas Fabianski just literally just dropping the ball at Jointon's feet.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, You could argue that that was really good at uh, Newcastle corner technique. I think that would be a bit too generous. Oh, I
0: think that would be generous. I, yeah. I think he just. And mean, is a decent goalkeeper. Good
1: reactions but reactions from Jolington.
0: Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, obviously one of the easiest goals he'll ever score, but he had to be alive to it, and he was.
1: He had to be in the right position, and again, he was, wasn't he? So um, just, you can't take too much away from him and say he's finally getting into a form now where.
0: Back to back goals at home. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. Exactly.
0: For a player you know, with his record, that's massive.
1: Exactly. Maybe Newcastle are going to finally get something out of him this season. It has taken him a long time to, to warm up. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of displacement within your squad over this last year. So, hopefully, this run of recent consistency is something, and obviously, his newfound confidence is something that is going to pay off later down the line.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we've just got to hope that he can continue to finish the season strongly and hopefully build on that for next year, really. Um, but just going back to that first goal, obviously the comic alone goal from Mr. Dia, but also <laughs> helped by Craig Dawson, rightfully getting sent off, really, for what was just a silly... When you're already on a booking, silly challenge, just taking Joe Winton out on the halfway line.
1: I mean, but- that was that was the Shelvy of old coming out. <laughs> Maybe he did put a hex on him. Maybe it was one of his... Ellie Armises or something.
0: (laughs) But just completely unnecessary. But hey, did us a favour.
1: Sam Sam Maximum again. Very, very important. Couldn't really get away from his importance yet again. And not something that is news. But just to reiterate it.
0: He was everywhere, wasn't he? Just one of those... Yet another performance, as you say. Just completely showing just how reliant we are on him to make things happen. I think, obviously... Calum Wilson is the player who gets the goals and that can't be understated and obviously Miguel Almiron does bring a lot to the party as well, but
1: he can't do it on his own.
0: The one who really I think makes things tick when we when we attack is Sam Maximan. He is the one that can make things happen on his own.
1: As good as Almiron is, I don't think he quite has the same aggression that Sam Maximan does when he's on the ball.
0: He doesn't quite have that same spark, does he? I mean, don't get me wrong. Almiron, I do feel oh, he, he's good he on the ball. He runs a
1: lot at the plays. He is very good on the ball. But there's
0: just something electric, isn't there, about Sam Maximan?
1: You love that word, electric. I think he's he's just aggressive with it, Chris. He's just aggressive with the ball. That's not a negative thing. He's aggressive and he runs at people aggressively and they back off him. And that leaves gaps. Don't say electric. Put it electric. out. Then don't say pulsating either.
0: <laughs> it was a pulsating contest. I fucking hate that word. <laughs> Now, obviously, it was a bit disappointing in the second half. We just sort of sat back. Then we just oh, we just lazy. invited West Ham onto us. I don't think it was lazy so much as overly cautious and a bit fearful.
1: It felt like a Mourinho team.
0: <laughs> there was a bit of that. It was it was we were afraid to try and really push out push for a third, which would have killed them off. That's what we should have been doing. We should have been standing on the throat. And just finishing them off. And we didn't. And inevitably, and it was inevitable, Mm -hmm. we let West Ham back into the game. Obviously, Issa Diop making up for his own goal with that header. And then Jesse Lingard converting the penalty. Also, I have to say, it's unsettling being afraid when Jesse Lingard is on the ball. I'm not used to that feeling. But it's a testament to how well he's been playing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. I think... I think West Ham have definitely got the most out of Lingard. They've definitely used him in the squad correctly. That sounds like I'm really obnoxious, as if I know exactly where to play him. But they've found his position and they've utilised him within the team in such a way that he is a constant threat. You can't get away from it. You might not have to like the guy. does seem like a bit of a man-child. <laughs> but um, yeah, he is. He, he has been excellent. You can't get away from that.
0: And he could be the main man at West Ham, can't he? A
1: hundred percent.
0: He's at United, he's just a bit part player and clearly, you know, he hasn't been bringing enough to the party for one reason or another, but obviously not helped by the fact that he obviously didn't play too much as well.
1: And let's say the Man United that we've seen at the moment and Man United when he was playing a bit more regularly, they weren't the exciting Man United of old and they're still not at that point. I I would say so. Mm. and And I feel that, Man United fans would kind of agree with me being from the 90s, <laughs> it isn't the most exciting player. And I feel that he wasn't able to play how he wants to play because of the tactics of Man United at the time. And now in West Ham, as you say, he's the main man. He can dictate how he wants to play. Mm. And the team and the managers seem to support him. And the way that's all worked around has meant he has properly flourished under West Ham.
0: Obviously, when he got that second goal, I thought, well, that was it. We've thrown it away. And as unhappy as I am with Newcastle's approach in the second half, you know what? I have to give credit to Steve Bruce. The instant Jesse Lingard converted that penalty, he acted immediately, which is not something that Steve Bruce normally does. He brought Joe Willock on, and then Joe Willock literally grabbed the winner two minutes later with that header. Also assisted by Matt Ritchie. Again, shout out to Ritchie. Great performance from him.
1: Yeah, he's been he's been very good recently. I, I think he has become as well an integral part to Newcastle. His work rate is excellent. And I know for a time, Newcastle really struggled with players having that defensive work rate, mainly because they were always defending, I suppose. Um, but there was no <laughs> none of that change. And I feel Ritchie brings in that bit of pace. He's the steady player. San Maximum, Almoron, they're your impactful players but he plays such an important role that I think Mm. can be underrated at times because he's just always there a bit like Kante always there he might not even he might not do anything on the stats but he's just there
0: yeah and obviously you know huge shout out to Joe Willock again with another massive goal following on from that uh, equaliser against Tottenham the other week
1: he's such a good player for such a young man
0: and Again, great loan move for him in January. Unfortunately, I think he is going to go back to Arsenal and he is going to stay there. I don't think we're going to get to keep him. I would love it if we did.
1: I mean, I know we're going to talk about this in the news, but the potential is that maybe that isn't a wise move for (laughs) Lingard when we've been talking about him and West Ham or obviously Willock. But that is something we'll talk about later. I'm sure everybody has their own opinion on it.
0: Yep. But yeah, I mean, as a result of that win... Much-needed three points again. Newcastle now actually up in the heady heights of 15th place. Oh, my
1: God. So you're going to get nosebleeds, You're almost <laughs> at 10th. You're not going to hit there. But we can dream.
0: <laughs> uh, shame for us that Arsenal couldn't do us a favour against Fulham. But with the Fulham only drawing, that's eight points clear of Fulham now, with a game in hand still. And we're also... We're two points ahead of Burnley, and we're recording this before Brighton play Chelsea on Tuesday. So it could change if they go and upset Thomas Tuchel's men. But we're also two points ahead of Brighton now as well. So that's pretty massive. I'm not going to get too carried away because this is Newcastle here. (laughs) But 35 points are on now. 15th place. We've dragged Brighton and Burnley right back into that scrap as well. We're in a great position to stay up now.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that. But I also know how spectacularly Newcastle can throw a tantrum right at the end. <laughs> so, you know, remain to be seen. I mean, statistically, I feel that they should stay up at this point.
0: I mean, there's six games left and I feel like probably three more points. Maybe not even that, but I think three more points will probably do it. Now, obviously, we have this incredibly difficult run of games coming up, which we'll get onto shortly. So, we'll have to see how that goes. I think if we lose the next four on the bounce, I'm still going to be quite worried. Unless, of course, Fulham also happen to lose the next four, in which case we should be all right. But
1: this is the problem: we're now relying on those other teams, which obviously increases <laughs> the anxiety. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I feel, I feel both sides have quite some quite tough games. Potentially, that is enough to to keep you there.
0: Mm. But speaking of relegation, there are some sides who've decided they're above all that and they don't even want to risk anything. And we're, of course, talking about the European Super League proposals, which drops on Sunday, which I'm sure you've all heard of. And, of course, this is the idea that United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs and City, so big six, joining AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Inter... Juventus and Real Madrid.
1: I mean, I bet you're just so glad you're not a <laughs> sports-breaking news writer anymore, because my goodness, would you inbox before? full.
0: It's, it's days like Sunday and Monday that I, I was actually quite glad to not be on a breaking news team anymore, listeners. But yeah, this is the idea that they are going to basically break away from the various domestic leagues and basically create a closed shop full of greed and vanity in which they basically just play each other four times a season and all the appeal that the Champions League has will just completely dissipate when everyone very quickly gets bored.
1: They just make more money, which increases the disparity in their home leagues. Let's be honest, we all know that United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, City especially, and Spurs to a lesser extent, but we all know that they're big money clubs. Now, obviously, United have made that through many, many years, and they obviously do, do have an owner as well. But the big teams like Chelsea, who started it, City especially, because, again, 90s child, City were pants. <laughs> City were the literally the worst team. Um, and just, I know the others as well, but they're the two main ones. They have had huge amounts of money put in. Financial fair play doesn't seem to apply, especially to City, and they never get done for it at all, as we saw last season, hence why they're in the Champions League this season. But it's just, they'll get even more money from this next deal, they get more money for dealing, being allowed into this and buying into this. And there's no
0: sporting integrity. They've not earned their places there. There's no
1: threat. It's just because they're big names and they're a franchise. The fact that they've got this franchise means they're going to get even more money separating the gap between the big six, even though some of them are not in the top six in the Premier League. Just saying. West Ham and Leicester need to be involved here. Not that we would, because I genuinely don't think Leicester or West Ham actually would let themselves be bought into this league. Maybe West Ham, I don't really know a huge amount, but considering Leicester were the only team to vote against the pay-per-view games, I can't see us all of a sudden deciding that this is a good idea. Mm. And it just, it means that any team coming up from the championship has even less chance of staying up in the Premier League. These big six teams have got all the money. There's no chance but but it, No chance it,
0: for, for some of them Yeah obviously You're Liverpool's United Barcelona Real Madrid Obviously big historic names But some of them It's such short termism I mean Arsenal haven't won A league title Since 2004 oh, Spurs
1: no. the Spurs Haven't literally.
0: won a trophy In the last 20 years Or oh. I think that They've maybe won The League Cup I think about 10 years ago
1: Who owns Atletico Spurs Atletico
0: Madrid Have only really Become a massive team Yeah In the last 10 years
1: Who owns Spurs though
0: well, Daniel Evies is the chairman.
1: Exactly. But big we- names, big money, own teams. It's a, it's literally, it's like a but- big boys club. Big boys club, go and have your little cigar, burn your money to light your cigar, and sit there while your team plays.
0: But as I say, it's it's so short term because then you think, well they're just gonna shut up shop, pull the ladder up after them. Yeah. But you think, as I say, how how much things can change in 10 years and 15 years in football? What if in 10 or 15 years' time, well, obviously, we've seen the way Leicester have risen. What if Newcastle are up there? What if Aston Villa? What if Burnley? What if someone comes up from the Championship? What if Nottingham Forest go and do it? Yeah. But it's it's ending the possibility of that happening. But there's,
1: there's no, we said it, there's no sportsmanship. Let's be honest, if Newcastle were up there in that league because you, you have got the, the history for it. More history than most of the other teams that, that have been mentioned here. However, yes, Spurs haven't won a cup for 20 years, but we won't mention how long it's been that Newcastle have won a cup. Um, <laughs> I'm but, not but saying Newcastle can, should n- be in No, it. I'm not saying that either. And I don't think you should be and I don't think the fans would want Newcastle to be there. No. H- However, we do know that Mike Ashley would a 110% Put Newcastle in it.
0: Oh, I think he—if he had the opportunity—I think he would leap at the chance because at the end of the day, it's money, and what does Mike Ashley love above all else? Money. But in terms of how this might affect Newcastle if it goes ahead, I mean, there's been talk that the big clubs will be kicked out of the Premier League. Personally, I can't see that happening. Should happen. Should happen. I mean, it'd be hilarious if it did. And <laughs> I mean, if it did, it might actually increase Newcastle's chances of ever winning oh my the God. title.
1: <laughs> you would actually. 9th
0: but there's also you know uh, as you said the the level of disparity is going to increase so much I mean we all know that the big teams already cherry pick all the best talent from all the other clubs anyway but that's just going to get even worse when each of them has an extra 100 150 million or however much to throw around every season
1: exactly not not every team can throw 80 million pound at defender in fact very few can and the fact that they have the opportunity to do this again and again and again with absolutely no regard for any of those. No fans, no players and no managers were taught to in this. This wasn't a team decision. This was a money decision by those in power because funnily enough, it makes them more money.
0: Yep, they've just gone behind everyone's backs to go and do this and rightfully... The reaction has been very strong and hopefully, maybe that means, maybe, that it won't happen. But mm. we'll just have to wait and see.
1: But, but it leads into the next piece of news all about the big money, where the government are denying having any involvement in the last year's failed takeover of Newcastle.
0: Well, this is that report in the Daily Mail that alleges that the Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman i.e. the chairman of Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund, which of course was spearheading that proposed takeover last year. Apparently, he urged Prime Minister Boris Johnson to intervene after the Premier League uh, did not approve the takeover. Now A government spokesperson has come out and said, and I'm quoting here, uh, While we welcome overseas investment, this was a commercial matter for the parties concerned. And the government was not involved at any point in the takeover talks on the sale of Newcastle United.
1: That doesn't mean individuals in the government were not. It's just an absolute bollocks blanket statement, which we should come to admit, come, come to come to know. We we should know this. It is that's clearly a yes, someone tried to lobby us. No, none of us could do anything about it.
0: And even just setting aside our government who were as corrupt as they are incompetent <laughs> just for a moment. <laughs> I think this also shows another reason why, as Newcastle fans, we should be very wary about the possibility of a Saudi takeover. I know it's, it's easy for us to get carried away in, A, the idea of finally being free of Mike Ashley after 14 years of his horrific reign. And we all know the way he... Has treated the club the way he treats his workers at Sports Direct, and a, and a whole litany of other reasons why it's very, very easy to hate that man. <laughs> but on the other hand, it also, I think, this shows this sort of underhanded way that the Saudis are going about it. On top of everything else, the the human rights abuses, that the oppression of women, the the public executions.
1: It's it's the assumption that they should have it they want it and therefore it should happen because they have the money and well we want it it's that assumption and it's the arrogance of that type of business and if they did take take Newcastle as you said I think you should be worried not because necessarily your team will suffer but I do feel them that Newcastle will be representing all of those negative things that you've just described and who knows who knows what could happen at that point?
0: I know. I mean, yes, it's easy to look at Man City and look at the money that's been pumped into the club, and but and it's not
1: it's then it's not the team that you and yeah it's not the team that you support. If I was a Man City fan, I've, I've and I've supported Man City through being absolute garbage and trash fires on occasions, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's them being Premier League. They've not earned that. That's not my team's done really well and they've built up a squad. Is My team had an absolute crap ton of money dumped on them and they spent it.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And I think as fans, I think we should... And you look at the way Man City fans react when anyone questions their ownership, when anyone questions where the money came from, when anyone questions the success they've had in the last 10 or 12 years as a result of that money. And the the... The toxic way they go after anyone who dares question it, I think as Newcastle fans, I think we have to be better than that.
1: There's no way you can deny that it's played a part. I mean, yes, they've had excellent managers, which they've managed to afford, and they've also had excellent players, which they've managed to afford.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it just sort of shows the kind of impact that the Super League is going to have if that goes ahead as well with, as we've said, just that just insane amount of money being injected into it. I mean I know it's been an increasing thing over the last 20 years in football but it just takes it to a whole new disgusting level.
1: If I, if I put this out there just one last thing on this. In rugby, Saracens got done by financial foul play. Now it'd been going on for 3 years which they'd known about. But after the 3rd year they were like okay forget it. And not only did they dock points off them, they forcibly relegated them. Now, this is a team that had a lot of the England players in. Never mind the other countries, but it had a lot of England players in it. Now, those players weren't banned from playing internationally. And I'm sure Saracens will be fine. But that sent a message to a lot of the clubs. Now, imagine if that happened in football. Now, I don't really care about the upset that would cause. But if you've gone against the rules, which they clearly have for this Super League, because no one actually talked to any of the other leagues involved they just decided they were going to do it then you've got to accept the consequences at the end of the day and those consequences need to be severe because if they're not they're going to lose everything
0: yeah and moving on now to Newcastle's game next weekend Uh, we're going to be away at Liverpool I'd love it if we followed Leeds' footsteps not only in getting a good result against Liverpool obviously following (laughs) the draw on Monday but I had to say I loved those t-shirts that the Leeds players were wearing Saying earn it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's showing again that it's a proper disrespect to any other team, isn't it, in in the league? Any team that's not been invited. It's like your friend, I got a birthday invitation from Sandy and you didn't get one. It's what it's like. It's pathetic. (laughs) Hello, Milo. Milo's joined us. You agree, don't
0: you? It is a disgrace. But yeah, speaking of that Liverpool game, predictably, Liverpool obviously mostly back on form now. Before that draw with Leeds, they did have three consecutive wins in the league after obviously all those runs of defeats.
1: It's like giving you false hope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And obviously with the Champions League looking like a realistic possibility for Liverpool again, though on the other hand, clearly they don't actually value it that much since they want to break away from it. But they've got every motivation to go and win. And yeah, Newcastle's record against Liverpool does not make for good reading, does it?
1: No. I mean you got Yeah, you've not beaten them since two thousand and fifteen and you've not won at Anfield since nineteen ninety four. However, oh, you did draw in December. I mean I, w-
0: I would take a draw at Anfield in this weekend.
1: Yeah, no a hundred percent. I think if you play how you did the other day, I feel that Newcastle I've got a chance. Because Newcastle, I think they're an unpredictable team. They're just unpredictable full stop for any everybody. But Liverpool have been, as we've said, quite poor recently. I know they've started coming back into it, but I don't think they're a full fighting force at this point. And I just hope that Newcastle can take advantage of it. You are playing as a cohesive unit again, and it would be great to see even more from them. And I say, we've said Sam Maximam, Almiron, Richie. It it would um, be phenomenal. Would be, could be very dangerous against a team like Liverpool that like to attack on the break. And they're unstable.
0: And as I've said, yes, I think Newcastle will be safe from where they are now after those two consecutive wins. But mathematically, they're still not quite there. How great would it be to go out, and get some more points in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we've got Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, and Man City as our next four, four really tough games. But if but we could, all... if we could get a draw in there, if we could even maybe sneak a great win to really just sort of cement safety, that would be amazing. It to can... not have to leave it to the to those no, last yeah. two games.
1: But you are getting to the end of the season. We said Liverpool themselves are unstable. Arsenal are Arsenal. So literally anything could happen. Um us still have the FA Cup the the that week before, um, just after your the match against Newcastle, Man City might have won the league by that point,
0: and could still be in the Champions League.
1: And yeah, exactly. So I know we said these are unwinnable ones, said multiple times in the midst of our depression throughout <laughs> this podcast. Maybe with this new hope.
0: If we can play like we have the last two or three games, we've got a chance. Mm. And that's that's all we can hope for. But as I say, gotta be feeling pretty positive after back to back wins for only the second time actually this season. <laughs>
1: oh, that's depressing. But you've had you've had a good number of actually good games. Where I think you have been unlucky, some of them. Some of them you've just been poor. well
0: here's hoping we're not too poor next week against liverpool in the meantime if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review that'd be absolutely fab until next time this has been magpies unrestricted and i've been your host chris simpson thanks cara no worries and thanks once again listeners bye Bye. this podcast is part of the big heads media podcast network go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts